welcome everyone to the new episode of Pop Cult X, episode 52. Gabriel and Danny here, just like every week. You can find us on Wednesdays um, on YouTube and via Spotify, uh, Apple, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can pretty much find us. So <laughs> we talk about pop culture from a Gen X point of view. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get started with this week's topic, which is the Grammys. Dun, so dun, dun. Uh, yeah, so everyone who, who's kind of involved in pop culture, I think, uh, realized that the Grammys happened this past weekend. Um, there were some hits and misses, some highs and lows. So why don't we go ahead and get started? Uh, what were your initial thoughts what, did anything stick out to you uh, with the Grammys? Um, the first thing that stuck out to me was I bet you the producers were kicking themselves in the butt for disinviting Kanye West because yeah. he would have provided some drama that I think was much needed, especially following up the Oscars. So within the you know the slap heard around the world, which it still yeah. continues to linger in people's conversations. So yeah. the Grammys were a little less notable, I think. Yeah, but um, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we just needed to celebrate the music and not not get too wrapped up in all the drama that unfolds or could have have unfolded. I didn't watch it. I did see some of the fashion elements. I did see some of the winners. Um, but yeah, that was my first thought. Was wow, it, nothing really much happened. Yeah, it was pretty low key. Um, Trevor Noah came out and um, basically said it's going to be. A concert so like get up oh, out cool. of your seats okay. dance they like to always say that like oh it's gonna be a fun <laughs> event so, like go ahead and um and dance and have fun um it, it was okay like i just whenever i see the grammys recently within the last i would say six or seven years i kind of feel like i'm either too young like they're honoring honoring people that were like my dad's generation Mm -hmm. who I respect, but mm -hmm. like, that's not really like, I'm not really passionate about their music or I'm too old for like the newbies that are like, <laughs> you know, BTS or whatever that I'm like clearly not into or, yeah. you know, one of the big winners was Olivia Rodrigo. And I, I hear the talent that she has, like, I like mm -hmm. the songs, but it's not something that I necessarily sit down and listen to because oh, I, uh, I, I don't believe really her Great. I, 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 you're, you're right. I'm like you. Uh, I didn't know who half the nominated artists were. And it gets even worse for like the VMAs where it's like, who? Yeah. But even with the Grammys, to some extent, I was like, I don't recognize half of these people. But Olivia Rodrigo, she was fantastic. And she won Best New Artist and a few other um, Grammys. But she missed out on like the big ones, I guess you would yeah. call them. But did her, you see her performance? No, I did not. Okay, so she's saying, I think, I, I don't know her songs all that well, but I'm pretty sure that she's saying the driver's license song, which mm, is... That's like her most famous one, yeah. I happen to think that if you're going to be performing at a big event like the Grammys, mm -hmm. have something fun and upbeat. Like, <laughs> it does well, show up, like, I mean, her lyric writing, she writes her songs, I think. Um, she is, you know, a good vocalist, but... I, I don't know. I just feel like you sh it should be a fun event. Yeah. And I don't like hearing slow songs. They're like, they're not really dancing. They're not really performing. <laughs> um, her performed and she started off singing one of her, her own songs and is very low key, very like, I don't know, not very fun to watch. I do like her. I've seen her live. She's really talented, <laughs> but I just don't like the lo-fi, like low key, low yeah. energy performances like Billie Eilish. Um, she 
eventually Lenny Kravitz came on stage to join her. Oh, really? And like, oh, fun. Are you going to go my way? I was like, finally, like some energy are going to amp it up. And it really was cool. Like, I almost wish they would have just started off that way. Um, he came out with like these really weird, like David Bowie silver boots with like huge heels, you know, platforms. Mm-hmm you know, his, his aesthetic. And so it was fun to see that. Like, and I think she kind of let loose and was having fun playing guitar, singing along with Lenny Kravitz. I'm like, that's the kind of moment that I like to see. Like, yeah, I think in the past, they used to do a lot of pairings with like older generation artists and newer generation artists. And they would perform mm-hmm. together. I think like Elton John, Eminem, Elton John and Lady Gaga. Uh, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of that this year. Okay. Uh, and so a lot of the performers, and performances were a little, uh, I don't know, underwhelming for me. Um, one of the ones that was um, surprising was Billie Eilish. I, I'm not a big fan of hers. Her music mm-hmm. always puts me to sleep when she's performing. It's always very <laughs> low key. But this one, it starts off really low key, and then like the song actually starts to like kind of rock. Like there's like she did um, happier than ever. I think yeah. That's... Yeah, and so mm-hmm. I was like, I was shocked. I'm like, oh, I actually like this performance. Like she's got. <laughs> actually can move and like you know perform and so i was really happy to see it because it changed my mind about her oh cool. um, i have seen clips of her like performing and she does have like high energy you know bouts and yeah. uh, <laughs> but, but fits of high energy her it's always that low key like whisper mm-hmm. singing um and so it kind of i don't know it doesn't really do it for me um but it was kind of, I don't know, uneventful. I don't think there was any performance that I, oh, I take it back. So um, John Baptiste performed and up until the day before, I really didn't, wasn't aware of him. Um, mm-hmm. I saw uh, a story, I think on like CBS this morning where they um, talked about, you know, the reception of his album um, and some of his, his past accomplishments. And to be honest, I never really had heard of him. Um, and so I was really um, excited to hear him perform. I thought okay. the performance was really energetic. I thought the visuals were. What song did he do? Um, he did Freedom. Oh, okay, that's a good song. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was a lot of high energy. He had like it's the set was sort of split into like blue and then like bright pink, and the performers like literally had like head to toe pink and like head to toe blue, and his background dancers had like natural they're at natural hair but like also shaped into really cool like funky hairstyles oh fun and uh it was just a really cool performance like he, he really sold it um for me and i was really glad to see that he won a lot and made a fan out of me um are you familiar with his work had you heard of him prior i had heard of john baptiste from his work on the pixar disney movie soul and he did the um, best original score. Actually, he won an Oscar for that. Oh, wow. So uh, when I I saw that movie, I really liked the sound of it. So I looked him up, looked up who did it, and that's when I learned who it was. Now I know he had released an album, but I didn't hear it until um, the night of the Grammys when I heard he won album yeah. of the year. Spoiler: if you didn't know that, <laughs> yeah. but it's um, so I went and listened to the whole album, and it is just great. It's it's one of those albums that you you're like taken aback, and you're like, wow this is a an award-winning album because from um, start to finish, every track is just fantastic. So yeah, I think the the Grammy voting committee, whoever those people are, they got it right. That was yeah. a great album. Like the song Cry, the song I Need You, the song um, We Are, it's and Freedom. It's just, it's just great. I, I was listening to it at the gym today as well. It's just, it's fantastic. What, what about the music? 
appeals to you? Like what, what, you know, you mentioned a couple songs, so they obviously have stuck out in your head. Um, um, what, what, it, what it, is it? Or like, let's say if someone hasn't heard it, how would you describe his music? Uh, it's more, it's like a, oh goodness. It's, it has a lot of soul to it mm-hmm. and it has a lot of, um, a lot of rhythm as well. So it has, it has, um, how can I best encapsulate it in words? It's just, uh, you can feel it and the vibe of it. You can feel it dripping through your headphones or in the speakers, whatever you're listening to. And it yeah. gives you that movement that you just want to move to it. And the lyrics, they can hit home if you're really paying attention to them. And it's just, it's just a great overall sound. And it really is, it's one of those smooth soul sounds. It's just, you know, you just got a vibe groove to it. It really is. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. I think that the first song that I heard was Freedom and it has a vibe. And so like as you were talking, I was looking up because I was curious to see where he was born and he was born if, if he's from Louisiana. And I was mm-hmm. going to say that he has a very New Orleans vibe yeah. um, mm-hmm. it, that kind of reminds me of New Orleans and, and my time there and how the music is really jubilant and has a lot of soul like you mentioned a lot of happiness a lot of celebration but at the same time acknowledges like sort of the pain that people go through and obstacles and heartache but it's it's sort of like that mix that when you get people that have gone through a lot or had to overcome a lot um they do have that that dichotomy of like happiness and, and a little bit of like melancholy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like you see it in a lot of like African-American culture. You see it in like the Mexican-American culture where it's like you're like, let's take, for example, death. You are sorry that you're maybe your loved one is dead, but then you're also celebrating their life at right. the same time. So mm-hmm. it's a really interesting approach that, you know, those cultures take towards you know, pain and sorrow, but also like joy and happiness. Yeah. And and that's kind of what the, the sense that I get from him is that uh, I know that his wife, I think, is battling leukemia and yeah. he's written songs specifically for her. And um, he's also like his songs also address like uh, the state of like America and mm-hmm. you know some of the turmoil that we've gone through. Mm-hmm. And you can hear that in his sound in the music that he he writes and you know the pl- piano playing and the instrumentation and it just it's very interesting it's it's nice to see music that isn't just um surface level that has yeah, depth very to it, true mm-hmm. um that hits you you know almost in your soul like it you relate <laughs> to it um, on yeah. a, a couple different levels like yeah you can jam to it you can exercise to it but you can also like sit down and listen to it and really absorb um, the message and vibe that he's like kind of sending out. So I think that's just like really cool for me is that uh, when music or an artist has depth to what they're saying to their perspective, mm-hmm. and it's not just a club banger or it's not just <laughs> a, a rock a anthem. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and so that's what I appreciate about him. And he just, he seems to have like a certain perspective on life. That's really refreshing that, that is so like joyful Mm-hmm. Um, and optimistic, even though uh, he does address things that are uh, sort of negative in society or in yeah. life in general, but that he still is able to kind of attack life in like such a positive way. Um, so I really admire him for that. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it's I very rarely find an album that I will scream from the mountaintops for everyone to hear. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes it's one of those albums where you're like, 
you want everyone to feel the same way you feel about it. Mm-hmm. And you want everyone to enjoy it the same way that you do. And, or other times you're like, no, this is just mine. You can't have mm-hmm. this. I don't want you to hear it. Cause I don't want to share this secret, but this is one of those ones where you want to tell everyone. Cause it's like, and hope that everyone gets the same out of it that you did. Yeah. So yeah, it's kudos, John Baptiste. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at, as you were talking, I was looking at some of the other winners um, from the Grammys. Um, I think that, that so um, Doja Cat won for Kiss Me More and she had a really interesting, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but um, it's a duet with SZA and mm-hmm. SZA went up and Doja Cat was in the bathroom. So she's like running up on stage. <laughs> and, and at one point she's like, she even said, I was like, oh, that was like the fastest piss I've ever had in my life. And then she sort of sideways <laughs> turns from the camera and like moves her dress and almost looks like she's like addressing, like adjusting her um, undergarments. And um, it was a really weird moment. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then it sort of like from that, it went to her like crying about how emotional and how impactful it is for her to win a Grammy. So it's a really weird dichotomy between like a really funny moment to like a really heartfelt moment i'm not a big my like i'm not a super big fan of hers i think she has like really pop catchy songs i just it it doesn't really appeal to me um but uh some other awards that were won was um olivia rodrigo which we talked about she won a new artist Mm -hmm. uh, and record of the year was leave the door open by silk sonic yeah, Which Bruno is Mars and Anderson uh, Pack. Yeah, yeah, that's what another one of those. About them because I, I'm really curious to what, how you feel, and then I'll share my opinion. Oh, I, I think they're just cool cats. They're mm. that's just like one of those songs, like John Baptiste, where I just play and I'm just like grooving to it. It's the whole um, Silk Sonic vibe is just really cool to me. I just, you know, I can never be as cool as them, so yeah. I just have to be like, yeah, those guys are cool. And Leave the Door Open, it was a great song. I remember hearing that ooh, way yeah. last year. I don't remember how long ago, but it was, it's just one of those door- songs that you're just like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. I, I agree. I do love the song Leave the Door Open. Uh, it's really great. I think it's very a, a very like nostalgic sound. Exactly, um, yeah. And mm-hmm. and I think that the Grammys typically like nostalgic acts or things that sort of are reminiscent of of the past. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a little controversial for them to win for record of the year because I think that there are people that who maybe were better suited to win. And and I say this with like with a grain of salt because I, I don't think you could really say one person or one artist is better than the other, but you see people like, let's say little Nas X with Montero, um, John Batiste with freedom. Um, you have, uh, Olivia Rodrigo with driver license and even Billie Eilish was happier than ever. People that are sort of doing their own original ideas mm-hmm. and are sort of doing their own spin on, you know, pop rock, rap, yeah, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're, to me, they're almost like a tribute act. They're almost like when you go to a bar and you want to see <laughs> like Boogie Nights, which is like the 70s cover band. And 
Um, if you didn't see the Grammys, they were, in, they were in like cosplay. They had like the seventies, like outfits, like his, you know, Bruno Mars partner had like a, like Bob wig on and they were like fully in character the whole night. They were really everything. And I thought it was funny. Like, I thought it was like, okay, they're, they're like feeling this character, but it's a character. It's like, it's not their, it's not their authentic self. So when you compare someone like, let's say Olivia Rodrigo, whose song is like famously heartfelt. It talks about her heartache mm-hmm. and her mm-hmm. breakup or Little Nas X like being a pioneer is like the first gay <laughs> pop artist that's like really made it to mainstream. Yeah. And then you have like someone pretending to be Marvin Gaye and Elvis. And uh, it's a little, you know, <laughs> it's that for me. So. I, I understand what you're saying. And and at first, when I first heard the song, um, Leave the Door Open, I thought – my first initial thought was, Ooh, I don't know this song from like the seventies or like late sixties, you know, from like Marvin Gaye's era or Sam Cooke and whatnot. And yeah, so it had that sort of feel to it. You're absolutely right. So I guess you, yeah, they do like the nostalgia, but did it push anything forward? Like some of the other artists might have, you know, push the boundaries more, look for, um, maybe not, but maybe it's just, I don't even know, how the voting's done. So I don't know if it was just like by popularity, what was most popular. I don't know that. I think in a sense it is mo- the most popular, but it's by people who are part of like the, the association, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's artists, it's, it's producers, it's right. writers as a, as a, a group they vote. And, but in a way it is popularity because it's a voting system. So, uh yeah, I mean, and that's why it's like, okay, take it with a grain of salt, my opinion <laughs> on who should win versus someone else. But it just seemed like it got a little campy watching them win all night and being in character and acting, you know, acting like that character <laughs> um, where I really like people that are authentic. And, you know, talking yeah. about John Baptiste, like someone who's like really authentic and speaks like from their heart and represents their culture. And then you have people that are, really good cover band like a really good imitation act of like bands that have existed in the past but i mean that's all i'm going to say about that like i just i was kind of curious what you said. Um, bruno mars hell of a cover band yeah I, I mean and he's bruno mars is extremely talented i love his voice there he's a he's someone that i probably like you would that people would love to see live right yeah like yeah he's, I would love to see him live. I would pay money to go see him in Vegas. And I'm sure you would have fun from the beginning to the end of the show. Um, But as far as like artistry or, you know, artistic value, hmm, you could argue one way or the other. Uh, Some of the, another controversy and that came up um, that that I haven't addressed with you before uh, we, we went live is best reggae album. The people who won is a band called Soja. I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, for their album, Beauty in the Silence. There is some controversy in it because they're an all-white American reggae mm. band. And okay. they won against Jamaican artists. So it's a little bit of like, you know, are you glad that reggae music has spread, you know, to outside mm-hmm. of Jamaica and outside of that particular realm? to influence other people and for them to make music inspired by, you know, other people's culture, or is it, you know, a case of Elvis where he's stealing from black artists 
and then making it popular because it's being sold to the white masses right. with, by a white right. person. So right. uh, I, I, honestly, <laughs> I, I think the argument can be made both ways. Uh, I, I, I am a little hesitant when people say like about cultural appropriation when it comes to like music or style because on the uh, on the one hand, it's like – you have to admit that when you have like black culture and, and it's a sign of like respect and admiration when people copy it, like that they, you know, mm-hmm. you have things like jazz or reggae music or hip hop and, and then it grows from outside the community and then people try to emulate it, not because they're like looking down on it, but because they love it and they're embracing it. Um, and so, but then at the same time, like, okay, well then do you knock people like Eminem who really right. love that culture, really love the music and then become part of it and make their own album. And then you're like, well, a white guy shouldn't win over a black artist mm-hmm. who's part of the community that invented that musical genre. Uh, and so it, it gets really hard to determine like what's, you know, what is appropriation? Uh, <laughs> what is, uh, right. I don't know. I, I, I guess it all comes down to, at least for me in some aspect, is if that band doesn't try and say, claim it as their own and say, yeah, we invented this or, you know, this is all us and gives, um, at least pays respect to those artists who have paved the way for them or influenced them and, you know, shows, talks about those people. Yes, maybe Bob Marley had a big um, influence in my life and my musical appreciation from a young age, which is why I knew I wanted to make this music. I've never heard of this reggae band. Um, I don't really know that many reggae artists, to be honest, but, um, I I think, and you bring up a good point with Eminem, it's, it can be frowned upon, I think within, especially from within the community that invented that musical genre to see someone outside of your community, um, succeed, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, if good music is good music, right? So you're going to appreciate yeah. it. So it's like, it's hard. Yeah, it really is hard. It's, it's a really hard question to like try to answer mm-hmm. as far as <laughs> is it right or is it wrong when right. <laughs> white people take music from another culture that they don't belong in, reach commercial success because mm-hmm. it's packaged in in like, you know, from a white face, you know, that right, it's a white right. band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean it, it. It is really hard. Like I, I, I go back and forth because it's like on the one hand, it's like, you know, sorry, America, you're you're like actually consuming a really watered down, whitewashed version of this music. Right. Like if you really like right. reggae, man, you should hear these other artists who are like authentic, that are like yeah. really good, mm-hmm. who are amazing, that you'll never listen to because you're not open to exploring that culture. And, exactly. And, Mm-hmm. And more importantly, you're not giving them their money and they're poor while, you know, maybe I shouldn't say poor, but maybe they're not getting the same amount of level of commercial success. And then here you are making millionaires out of this white person that took that music exactly. and then made it, you know, more marketable for the masses. So um, it's 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 hard. I don't know. We wouldn't have rock and roll if it wasn't it wasn't for, you know, black culture inventing, uh, you know, the music mm-hmm. and then it. So I don't know. It, it's a uh, it's a really hard topic to really discuss. <laughs> I don't is. think there's one way or the other to really um, say what's right. Um, outside of that, I don't think there was any really controversial moments um, 
you know, there's no slaps, no fights, no. Uh, well, let me ask you this: Did You watch the Grammys, right? Yeah, I watched. Um, how? Because um, the Foo Fighters won for everything they were nominated for. Now, were yeah. they in person? Because I know they had suffered the tragic events of the drummer passing away. Yeah, they they weren't there. Okay. Uh, they were gonna play. And um, they announced that that they were supposed to be there playing, but because of um, the loss of Taylor Hawkins, yeah. uh, they were they're re, you know they're dealing with that loss. Yeah, yeah, um, as they Billie should Eilish, be. Yeah, yeah. Billie Eilish performed wearing a T-shirt with him on it. Um, oh, and, nice. Okay. Homage to to him. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, so instead of them performing, they played their. Um, you know, remembrances of people who are passed. So they played all the people that have died this year. Um, they had a, a cool performance of some musical uh, theater performers. Um, so um, I'm not going to know their names at all because I'm not a musical theater guy. <laughs> uh, the, the singer who's going to play Alphaba in uh, yes. She's mm-hmm. saying in Wicked, yeah, yeah. Um, the wasn't girl, Rachel Ziegler uh, there? She's yeah. saying um, she did a great job. The guy from uh, with the the musical with the guy with the broken cat, the broken arm, uh, they made a movie out of it. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, it's it, the guy, the one of the characters commits suicide. It came out of a movie. I think I talked Wait, about Dear Evan it. Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. He's saying, and then there was a fourth guy that I I didn't know where he was from. Um, but they did a really great job with oh, that. Oh, that's cool. This performance. Cool. They sort of one saying, then another one came out, and then they all like kind of blended together, and they sounded amazing. Um, so that was a highlight of, you know, unfortunately it's to remember people that have passed, but yeah. um, it was a, it was a nice, um, respectful tribute to those people. Um, so, so yeah, that was cool. Um, there was no one that was really like stand out as far as wardrobe or clothes. I know we talked about the Oscars last week and there were some people mm-hmm. that stood out for us. There was really no one that, that was, which is kind of, Interesting because the Grammys are like musical artists, so you think right. that they're a little bit more avant-garde, um, a little bit more flashier. But there was really no one that really stuck out for me. The uh, only one that I saw that I really commented on was um, the Lady Gaga gown in her the Armani gown that she was wearing, the black shoulder, one shoulder with the white yeah. train. I thought that was so classy. Yeah, that was so elegant. Uh, and again, she she just kind of proves how one how talented she is, how classy mm-hmm. she is. Uh, there's a couple moments where she just really like I just love her more and more that I see her. Yeah. But she she sang a song like as images of her and Tony Bennett are, are in the background because Tony Bennett retired, so she couldn't mm-hmm. sing with him. They did want to grant uh, win a Grammy, right? Um, and just a really wonderful performance, um, and just very you know just happy. And she was just talking about how much artists, musical artists, love their fans, and, and she's saying like kind of attributed to that. Um, when I want to say, yeah, when SZA and, um, Doja Cat won, SZA had a really long train. So she was Mm -hmm. walking up and she was like kind of fussing with it. Lady Gaga, like being almost someone who has like no pride. She's just so like humble. She helped grab her train and helped her (laughs) run the stairs and then like kind of, you know, sat back down to kind of not steal the moment. And, and I think that that's just so indicative of her personality. She's just Mm -hmm. such a kind person. Um, so yeah, so she just, she was great. She's just amazing. Um, she, she was probably the one standout as far as like full on glamour that just like classical, beautiful, talented, um, 
just really and just I, I mean just amazing like a throwback to like singers of olden times like tony bennett liza minnelli there's a reason mm-hmm. why she works with those people i mean mm-hmm. she's kind of the the uh you know almost like not a prodigy but you know uh the second or third generation of those type of performers definitely um, so she was really great yeah and it was it was uh tony bennett did um announce her and just said you know you know here's lady gaga and like blew oh, a kiss cool. her. nice so it was kind of nice to see him um there as well via That's cool. satellite so yeah it was pretty cool um but outside of that pretty uneventful i mean there <laughs> there wasn't anyone that i'm like oh my god i can't wait to you know tell danny to watch the highlights or, <laughs> um, well speaking of grammys okay so what can you say there's one grammy performance that's has stuck with you since you can through all time that you can remember? Um, I, I do remember um, there was one episode of, or one Grammy award uh, show that Ricky Martin performed. And <laughs> Loca. No, it wasn't. No. I don't think it was, oh. it was, it was, um, it was like one of his Spanish songs. Oh, and okay. So, okay. And it sort of introduced him to uh, to the mainstream. Um, he was really famous. I mean, he was part of Menudo. He had right. you know Spanish language albums that were huge. Yeah, world star. But he came out and sang, and there was like it was like a carnival. There were like performers. There were like just all this like craziness, and he he just like blew the roof off of the the auditorium. I think that's or, the same performance I'm thinking of. Although maybe yeah. it wasn't La Vida Loca, maybe it was a different song. But that's the like, the one that's always stuck with me and has been like the when I think of um, Grammy performances, it's like okay, you got to be better than that for, for me to remember it. And yeah, I think it was the Cup of Life. I think you're right. Yeah, it was Cup of Life, and and um, every he he got a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being so proud of of him being uh, a Latin X person. Yeah. Um, and just really like it was just like such uh, an example of uh, our music and our culture. You know, the dancing, um, the the colors, the vibrancy, the like the celebration. The yeah. Yeah. And and I just remember being so happy that he just like killed it and people were like standing up like oh my mm-hmm. god what the hell like we've exactly, been sleeping yeah. on this for so long and and it was sort of like the beginning of like that latin pop you know explosion where like jennifer lopez got really popular mm-hmm. martin got really popular um and you just saw all these like latino musicians and artists like really coming out and getting mark anthony notoriety and and uh getting their their due respect and so that one yeah. has always kind of just stuck out of my mind because it was just like over the top yeah amazing <laughs> i completely agree and that's maybe that's the gen x in us because that's what we think of so yeah that's like my go-to whenever i think of a grammy performance yeah yeah i'm sure there are other ones but that literally was like off the top of my head what <laughs> sticks out so so yeah uh there weren't any moments that i think i'll be recalling <laughs> of this so in the future i'm not going to be you know 50 being like oh uh i remember that uh performance by uh billy eilish <laughs> hey, 50s not too far away so maybe I you know. will <laughs> i know when, when President Kanye West is in office, and <laughs> or President Dwayne Johnson, you know who knows? 
Oh my God. Yeah. Don't even say that. (laughs) (laughs) The one that really terrifies me and keeps me up at night is uh, Joe Rogan. If he ever gets political ambitions, I would just like, it's time to move. Oh, Canada. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, for real. But uh, I I don't even want to put that in the universe, but I'm just. Don't don't put that out there. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so outside of that, that that pretty much – oh, I, I went to WonderCon and I can quickly talk about uh, yeah. my recap of, of WonderCon. Um, so I, for people who don't know, WonderCon is a comic convention in Anaheim that happens pretty much yearly, right? Yeah. Except for maybe it's been a little weird for the past COVID. couple of years. But yeah. now it's back in full force, I guess. And it's, is it a whole weekend or is it just a one-day thing? It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I went okay. Saturday. Um, and so – the, the first thing is that it was just really amazing to like get out in public and uh, <laughs> see all these artists, all these creators, all these creative people kind of selling and, and discussing their work. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just a massive amount of stuff. Like, I, I mean, I got some pretty cool, uh, you know, swag that that I bought um, and met some really cool people. Um, I'll just kind of give you some highlights of, of who I met. But so there was. Um, this artist by the name of Jack Foster, um, who is from from uh, Southern California, from L.A., Hollywood, I think. Um, he is uh, a comic book creator. Um, he's also gay. He um, caught my eye because I saw some of the work that he had sort of propped up um, that he had of, of some X-Men, Polaris and the Dazzler. Um, and that sort of caught my eye. And then he... Um, we started talking about some common interests. We both collect GI Joes when we were kids, and we sort of <laughs> joked and laughed about that. And nice. then he uh, he talked about uh, his comic book that he has out um, that I bought that's called Gun. Um, and I haven't read it yet because I just bought it on Sunday. Um, so that's one of the things that that I'm looking forward to um, to be to read read within the next few days. Um, I also bought some really cool art from a guy named Abraham Lopez, who's from Orange County. Um, he had some really cool pinup style um, artwork that I bought oh, nice. that is from Beetlejuice. So if you remember oh, the cool. okay. uh, receptionist from Beetlejuice, yeah. that's like yeah. Miss Argentina and she has like her wrist mm-hmm. slit. Um, mm-hmm. He did a really cool pinup of her that I'm thinking about maybe getting a tattoo of. So oh, cool. that might be in the works. Um, I have to see one if the artist would be cool of me getting someone else to tattoo it. And if the tattoo artist would be cool doing, doing someone else's artwork design. yeah yeah um i also saw um some artwork from um her twitter handle is uh gg draws but her name is gg knight um she is uh, latina and she is also from, she's actually from vegas so she's in oh, okay. the woods um she had a, a lot of really cool artwork but i bought um, a little print of a Wonder Woman or a, a figure of a woman dressed as Wonder Woman. I don't know if it's exactly Wonder Woman, um, but a plus size version. And so she has like really cool, cute, like beautiful sort of anime style, Japanese style um, drawings, which are really cool that stand out. Um, just to kind of quickly go over some other stuff on um, Black Fist and Brown Hand, um, The Untamed. Uh, Manana, which is an uh, anthology of Latin X comics from the 20th century. So it's oh, nice. an anthology series, uh, trade paperback of killer Queens, which is like an outer space type graphic novel. And then lastly, um, I met up with, uh, an, uh, creator by the name of, um, uh, his comic is Wovable, Wovable Oaf. 
Um, and uh, his, his name is Ed Moose. And um, I've met him at, at Comic-Con. Um, and I've been a fan of his work, bought a lot of his stuff. So I was able to meet up with him, um, bought a cool T-shirt, a cool print that he signed for me, um, another one of his comics. Um, and so, yeah, so it's a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool interactions with artists, with creators, kind of That's cool. telling you about their their work and their inspiration. And um, what's really cool is about, you know, about geek culture, like pop culture, is that, you know, you start a conversation with someone – and because, you know, sometimes we're the same age or you're just part of like geek fandom, the conversation spins out into something else. Like we now have talking about G.I. Joe's. We talk about, you know, uh, science fiction from a person of color perspective and mm-hmm. how there's diversity in the comics or, you know, how you uh, you create from your own personal perspective yeah. as, you know, a gay artist, a Latino artist. So uh, just really cool. Like that's, I think that's the big draw for me when it comes to conventions. It's not necessarily going to the panels and hearing people talk about, you know, mm-hmm. subject matters that, that they're experts on or have an opinion on, but it's more about connecting with the artist and right. Right. And Those one-on-one interactions. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them are independent artists that are kind of like, living their dream like they're creating stuff that they're passionate about and and uh i want to support that so uh, you know i i do that with with my dollars and uh and so i feel really good by buying cool stuff that i would buy anyway but from people <laughs> that are gonna help you know that artist not you know disney uh right. even though there was a lot of cool stuff that like from disney or like marvel and stuff like that that i ended up buying too but uh it's a cool way to support local artists or artists that aren't local, but that come down to the convention that you're able to kind of meet and see their work. So it's really cool, especially to discover like new talent that you're not aware of mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. not that they're new in the sense that they're a young new artist, but new to you that you're just discovering their work. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty cool. I had a lot of fun. Got That's some cool. cool stuff to put on my, uh, my, my shrinking wall in my room. <laughs> I was going to say, where are you going to put all of that? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have one blank wall left, so it's, it's going to be pretty crowded. You can send it up soon. here. I got a big blank wall behind me here. Yeah. Yeah. You have to check out, um, uh, Gigi draws. She, like I said, she's in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, check her out. And, uh, check it out. See if there's anything that you'd like and, you know, maybe you can, uh, put it up on your walls. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I unfortunately I didn't get to go to a comic convention like you, but I did watch Moon Knight, which is based on a comic book. So you know, kind of the same thing. Yeah, there <laughs> were it, lots of Moon Knights at the convention. Lots of I people dressed up as Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, it was which it was, was like, great. It's short. I mean, the character exists in comics, but let's say you didn't know Moon Knight, they did that the, the their costumes fairly quickly because it just aired like what like a week. Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they already had their costumes, and they had a, some really cool costumes. So, kudos to those people that can <laughs> sew or glue, hot glue some outfits together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't. I've never done a cosplay, and I was thinking about it. Like, who would I? If I was to do a cosplay, who would I go as? Who would fit my? Or who could I? You know, kind of pull off. Moon Knight with the Mr. Knight in the whole white mask. That'd be kind of fun. And that'd look pretty sharp in a nice white suit, you know, a white shirt, white tie. Um, I would like to try Wolverine. I think that'd be kind of fun. (laughs) But yeah, maybe one day I'll get to that. 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not creative in the sense that I can't uh, create outfits. I'd have to buy something because I would just waste money <laughs> by trying to create a costume. I would probably have to buy one, but I, I, I'm all for it. I think it's fun. Like, I think it's, it's cool to be with a bunch of people that are basically your tribe, like that have the yeah, same interests exactly. as you, mm-hmm. that maybe mm-hmm. not the exact same comics, not don't collect the exact same toys, but there's an appreciation for the artwork um, and the talent that goes into creating, you know, all of those different things like action figures, comics, um, prints, animation. Um, so yeah. it's really cool just to be around um, that energy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I know the big one is San Diego Comic Con. That's the big behemoth of conventions, right? And I think they're meeting in person again this year, finally. I know they had a special shortened or um, trimmed down version last year. I think I think maybe that's something Pop Cult X should probably try and get into. Yeah, it would be cool to be part of a panel. Um, there was a panel at WonderCon about um, discussing pop culture and how – you know, alternative or independent uh, channels have mm-hmm. discussed pop culture, and it's not necessarily you know like the big uh, news media right, sources right. that people are discussing pop culture. But uh, I did want to go there, but I was so busy buying <laughs> stuff and taking stuff up that I missed the time. It started at ten thirty, and we got there right at opening, but it was like we're right in the midst of like kind of in the trenches of getting yeah in the trenches. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> this one wasn't as packed. It's not as packed as Comic Con, but Comic Con is a little overwhelming. I yeah, mean, you can, can spend mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. trying to get into uh, a panel and not get in. I mean, you can literally waste three hours and still not make it in. So that's one of the things that I don't like about comic con that i do like about WonderCon is that it's like a manageable amount of people yeah that you yeah. can still see the people you like you can still you know buy you're not like fighting over stuff stuff isn't disappearing because it's sold out mm-hmm. um it, i mean it is exciting when you have like a comic con exclusive that you want to go buy and you like you make it and you buy it before everyone sells it out but it also is kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if anyone from Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con is listening or watching, Pop Cult X would love some press passes to get in there and to chat with some of the artists and some of the contributors and interview them on the spot. I think that'd be really fun. So if you're out yeah. there watching, listening, know someone that is, send them our way. Yeah. And not just because well, I want free passes, because I want to interview people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a ton of people that are at, at I mean, you can't throw a rock in San Diego downtown <laughs> and not get someone that's somehow involved. Uh, the last Comic Con that w- happened in San Diego that I wasn't, um, I didn't go, but I just randomly ran into this guy and we started talking and he uh, was an engineer that worked with Sony on like Spider-Man movies. Oh, wow. And, okay. Um, he created this really cool, it was like a big fan that you could float and it sort of, sort of you jumped out off of this platform and floated above this fan. So mm-hmm. it kind of made you seem like you were Spider-Man, like floating through the <laughs> air. And, and I'm like, it was just some random guy. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like that you have these connections. And he was talking to me about all the stuff that he does for, you know, in regards or in relations to Spider-Man. And, um, you know, you can meet a lot. Like you don't even have to go to the convention. Just like just go out to Gaslamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you can uh, see and meet a lot of cool people. So. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe just head down there. The inside. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. I'll bring a camera and a mic and we'll just go talk to people. Yeah. That'd be fun. We should do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> see what we, we, we can get cooking up for everyone. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Unless you have any final thoughts you want to share? No, I just my brain is like bubbling with ideas for Comic Con. So okay. <laughs> so look for look for Moon Knight and Wolverine. We'll be dressed up as them in next this coming up. Uh, I play. think my my comic my my uh, cosplay would have to be. Uh, comic book guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Worst I costume ever. Hair, so can put in a ponytail, <laughs> and I, I got the other body parts ready. <laughs> <laughs> Worst cosplay ever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know in the comment section what you think we should cosplay. I'd be very curious to see what you guys think of of what we should do. Maybe yeah. it will happen. Who knows? And yeah, we look forward to hopefully um, bringing that to life. Yeah. So until next time, then. Thanks for thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all next time. Take care. <laughs>